Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast, is brought to you by our Patreoners today and every day. All of the episodes, Mr. Peacock of Tapcraft LLC, the Good Seed Food Company, Daniel Rodriguez of Belching Beaver, El Compita Julio Palacios, El Profe. Cristian Moreno, Javier Ramírez, Mr. Rodrigo, Fernanda Gesbera, Amy Miss Crespo, Ernesto Moreno, Benjamin Mr. Prius Driver, Junior the Colombian Sierra, Gavin My Turtle Ran Away and Never Came Back, Monica Lucio, Tom Phillips, Veronica Rocha, Alex Aguilar, Danny Boy, Caesar the Bearman Torres of Virgin Beer, Estela Davila, La Madrina de Cervezas, Alex Peña, and Ruben Lopez. Thank you guys very much for being part of the Emo Brown, the social club. Enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not very often that we have royalty here today, and today is another day where we don't. But what we do right have... That's exactly right. <laughs> but what we do have is a local Chula Vista legend. A man that uh, a lot of these, a lot of the breweries open down here, a lot of the bar tasting rooms and, and beer bars, they owe a lot of credit and uh, pay homage to a few people here in the South Bay, one of them being this guy, this galoot, this guy who speaks Spanish but is nowhere near being Mexican because he's six foot 11. He's Shit, a six bro. foot four white <laughs> feo flaco from Palomar Street. Palomar, bro. Paul Segura. <laughs> Paul Segura. Bienvenidos al Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican. Gracias, hermano. Good to be here, man. What's a good word, man? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh, shit. Well, uh, we can say shit on the show, right? Is that all good? Yeah. You can cuss? Fuck, fuck yeah. All right. Good. Um, born and raised in Chula Vista, Bay General Hospital, a long ass time ago. And How long ago? <laughs> a long ass time ago. <laughs> you old motherfucker. <laughs> I am old. Look at this fucking gray beard. Uh, I don't know. Went to Castle Park Elementary, Castle Park Junior High, and Castle Park High School. All yeah. three Castle Parks. See- Further proving, you could be white and make it in the South Bay, bro. Castle Park is South Bay as fuck. It is. Living off of Palomar, that, that is like the deep heart of the South Bay, <laughs> I don't bro. Know. You go a little further south. You could, oh, yeah, but you're at the heart of it, bro. I mean, so I was a little north of like, you know, Otay and River Bottom uh -huh. and all that shit. But, uh, you know, I had friends that all lived there. It's all good. I had friends, you know. You're one of those dudes that kind of, you, you can mingle within the packs, I feel like. You know, you can hang out with the surfers, obviously with the, the industry, the brewing industry. Should you hang out with me and I'm neither. So it's like, we, 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 we. You're brewing industry. We, we, we share that similarity. You're not a surfer can, yet, but I'm going to get your ass out in the water. Oh, fuck it. I'm like a gremlin, bro. I'll fucking, you don't want, you don't want me to like, I just had a vasectomy. I can you're no a longer musician. Like we get along well on all sorts of levels, man. The reason I wanted to bring you in here legitimately, honest, man, is a lot of people look up to you because you're tall. But aside from that is because you have a you have Aside a lot. from that, what is there? <laughs> aside from that, you're from Chula Vista. Chula Vista. Well, that's not like, a reason to look up to me. Yes, it but, is, bro. Um, you don't get it. It's like, I feel like I'm we're- I'm still alive. I don't know. We're a, we're a sleeping giant down here in the South Bay. I feel that for a lot of decades prior to this- I don't think you this, guys are sleeping. Not you're anymore. Giant. 
Not anymore. <clears throat> you know, as soon as Machete came out, I feel like there was a lot of eyes on the South Bay. And then Third yep. Avenue House opened yep. up and there was a lot of eyes in the South Bay. Chula yep. Vista Brewery. Manhattan Ma- Bar. Manhattan Bar. And then us. And then like the Elwood and Elwood. so on. And Barcelona. Yeah. Nombre. Yeah. Things just kind of started picking up and going. And at that point, I Chula feel Vista's like- Chula Vista's awake right now. Yeah. And I feel like people paid attention. Yeah. You know, if, we're, if you're from Chula Vista, there's not many communities, hoods in, in San Diego that if you rock their tattoo, the city or the logo on, on your arm, people know like, oh, fuck, you're from Chula Vista. You know, it reminds Chula me, is, I still got to get one yes, of those. You do. You are, you, you are indebted to me for one of I was supposed to get one at the same time you got yeah, yours. Yeah, but something came I'm out. I'm still going to get it. Well, I was sick that. I had to, th- dude, I was sick. You got to trust. Hey, how's it going? I would have got one. I still want to get one. Well, let's go. I, I get one it. right now. I, I'll get I one right now. Where's your I have dude? an appointment on in two weeks. I go every two weeks now to get my arm done. So if you want to go, I'll fucking buy it okay, for you. Okay, so you know I surf. Yeah. And like you can't have tattoos in the salt water and all that Why? Because it gets infected and shit. So I, I wait till my I wait till winter time till the water's too cold to go out and the surf's too big. I'm an old I'm an old man, I told you. When the surf's big, I don't go out anymore. Calmate, dude. When it's like overhead and I'm six foot, when it's bigger than six foot, I'm a wuss. I don't go out. But when it's like five foot or smaller, I'll go out. How long have you been surfing? I don't know. A long time. Yeah. My brother taught me when I was in high school. All right. Yeah. That's a Dude, long but time. we used to go out in IB back when it was clean. Before it was clean. When it was clean, rather. <laughs> yeah. That's a long man, time ago. Man. Tell yeah. us about what got you into the brewing industry. Because you are Carl Strauss. But before Carl Strauss, there was a few other endeavors. Uh, okay. So, dude, I started drinking a lot of beer as a young man, I don't know when I was at San Diego state was when I really started getting into it. So I was working this job at a yacht place on mission Bay called night and Carver. Yeah, you were. I and you were uh, dude, I had to like, you know, I came from a poor family and when they couldn't like pay for my college. So I had to work full time while I was going to school. And I had this job at a yacht place and all these dudes that had yachts or whatever, these like sailor guys uh, a couple of them were home brewers uh-huh. and they would bring, you know, we'd all sit and, you know, have beers after work and shit. And some of the boat owners and shit would drink too with us. And somebody handed me this beer that was a brown ale and was actually close to emo dude. Kind of like emo Brown, but they called it monkey, uh, monkey something. I can't remember what it was. Anyway. All right. We're watching the Dodgers and somebody, Dodgers Braves. Braves, Braves just hit a home run. Game two. Two run. Damn bro. Freddie Freeman. My new uh, hero. You know what? Mm. After what the Dodgers did to the Padres, oh, fuck. why kind of why you gotta bring a bullshit, bro? It's, why you gotta it's, bring a bullshit? It's fresh with me, dude. That <laughs> was last week. Oh, como me duele. All right. So anyway, I started drinking these these home brews, and I said, "Holy shit, man! These beers are good. Like they were super good." And uh, back during that time, Bush Senior was president, and he put in all these like sin taxes, right? On all the sinful shit, so yeah. like cigarettes and junk food and sodas and beer. And so, like, the cost of beer went way up. And I was a student. Like, I'm drinking, right? And I went, all right, fuck you. Um, I'll make my own beer. Yeah. And I'm going to learn from these dudes. These old guys taught me. And they also said, hey, man, there's a place out in El Cajon called Beer and Wine Crafts. And um, that's where we buy our shit. And they teach classes out there, too. So if you want to get more in-depth, go out there, buy your shit, and they'll teach you how to make beer. Are those guys still around? No. The guys that taught you? Do you have any contact? They or closed a long. No, they were. There was an old couple. It was okay. Owen and Audrey Ekbaum, right? E C K B O B A U M. Sounds sweet. Some shit like this was before Homebrew Mart. Okay. 
Um, so I went out there and took like this three hour long class and I got fired up and I started homebrewing and shit. And then I joined Quaff and this was like, I don't know, this was right about the same time that Carl Strauss opened up their downtown location. 1989 is when I started homebrewing. And then when Carl Strauss opened up, I started going there and drinking their beers. I'm like, man, this is really good. So I was a member of Quaff from like 1990 through 94, met all these old school fools like, you know, Rich Link and Skip Virgilio and Skip, dude, like Pat McElhenney, all, all the OGs, dudes, all the OGs. And um, I had a good time and I was brewing a lot of beer and make, giving it to friends and shit. And then I graduated from San Diego State with a bachelor's degree in political science. El baton. Aspirations to be in local politics. Look at you. And I was like wanting to change the world, man. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I'm going to like set shit right. And then I said, well, fuck politics. I learned enough about politics to know I don't want politics. It's a dirty game. It sucks. Yeah. Especially right? small you town like, politics. Yeah. Like you got to lie to everybody just to get elected and you got to give away your soul and you got to do all this bullshit. And I said, no, man, that's not. I make a bad liar because I'm, you could see if when I'm lying on my face, I'm like expressive and shit. And I said, fuck that. I want to make, actually I was homebrewing and um, I was having some beers one day out at the PB brew house. Actually, I did my internship there with Skip a long ass time ago. And um, I saw the Celebrator magazine said, Hey man, this is like this private school associated with the uh, UC Davis and you can you know, spend some money and take this, you know, this condensed version of the Master Brewers program. And I went, oh, fuck. Yeah, sold. So I just graduated from San Diego State and I'm like, well, I could actually take out an additional loan and go formally learn how to make beer. Screw this homebrewing thing. Yeah. I homebrewed for five years and I said, well, it's it's fun, but it would be funner to like do it on a bigger scale. You plateau at a certain point. Just, yeah, just doing it homebrewing. You, you plateau, I feel. Yeah, man. So I took out like this $750 loan and went through that program for 10 weeks. And $750 loan? Yeah. Damn. Well, I'm, I come from a poor family, yeah, not, not like you. Oh, yeah. Look at me. Look at me, the rich guy, huh? <laughs> $750. I didn't know that. To me, 750 like bones was like shit. Well, I'm I guess you're right. In 1943, that was on that's crazy, top of already all the debt that I had from San Diego State. We're like, well, shit, another 750 state. bucks. All right. So I'll go, go up there and like five weeks in class and then a five week apprenticeship. And then I came out of it going, all right, I think I can make beer. Like you were satisfied with the knowledge you attained going to UC Davis. So dude, it was five weeks, nine to five every day for five weeks in class. Okay. And you're learning how to make beer. You're learning how to engineer. You're learning how to like do everything there is to do. Brewing science and technology pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And engineering. So being that you had both uh, sides of the spectrum covered, being a home brewer and going through the schooling, is it beneficial for people now jumping into this industry that want to be in brewing to go and take advantage of these sort of programs? They're not they're not $750 anymore. You know, I assure you that. But would you recommend a 22-year-old kid who just graduated from San Diego State following in your footsteps and, and is like, you know what? I'm a home brewer. I come from San Diego, you know, the epicenter of all things craft beer. Should I go to UC Davis, UCSD, and and pursue a, a, a formal education? For those in of you that are that are listening to this, who are still in school, and it's not too late to change majors, change majors because brewing is fun. Yeah, 
to be a brewer is fun. To be a brewery owner, I don't know, maybe not so much fun. It's a fucking blast, <laughs> especially when there's a pandemic and you have staff. Right, and you yeah. Gotta juggle and, everything. you know, and your landlord doesn't want to, like, you know, help you out. Hey, our and landlord is cool, the bro. The city doesn't, yeah. Our city is cool, too. Stop shitting on Chula Vista. Come All right. Do home. you know what, bro? <laughs> Your landlord is cool. Our landlord is I remember cool. coming in here when like COVID was still fresh and shit. And you're like, hey, man, he's working with us. He is. Kevin, and Kevin developed a rapport with him, bro. And yeah. he, he gave us an opportunity to at least yep. pay half for the first couple months. And yep. then as soon as, as things kind of like rectified themselves, was, we were like, you know, we're in a position that we can pay our full rent again. Yep. So, I mean, we maintain a healthy relationship with and our that's landlord. Rad. You have to. I and know too rad. many brewery owners, too many breweries. That we're very standoffish or have a cold. Uh, Not everybody's religion. been as lucky as you guys, dude. You can. I don't fucking knock on wood for that. It's we, pretty rad that we, you guys. Have, but that of, being the case, Paul, we've had to jump through a lot of, of fucking hoops and and, and yeah. scale hurdles, just like any other brewery. Dude, owner. I know you guys got a van and you were out making deliveries. We all do it, and now you. I used you guys as a model. I was telling other people like who were complaining about everything. I'm like, you know what, man, you got to get creative and you yeah. got to get aggressive. Yeah. You got to work, get your landlord to work with you yeah. and you got to generate beer to go somehow get the beer into to go cups, get it, whatever, deliver it, it whatever it takes. Yeah. There it is. The thing is you got to run it like it's dying. And guess what? For a minute when everything hit and everything went sideways, everything was fucking dying. Yeah. Those people who wanted it, owners got to learn that you're not just like in an ivory tower. You know, Kevin and I take great pride in, in that we take care of everything. That's I know, dude. You know, I like come Kevin, in. Kevin, Kevin was, was brewing the beer. Brewing. You were like we're making deliveries. You were behind the bar serving do, beer. Yeah, now I'm not. Now I feel like I feel selfish <laughs> and, and greedy if I take the shifts. I used to love working in the tasting room, bro. I used to love, you know, like you, you talk to your, the people that come in. We're from Chula Vista. Everybody who comes here is from Chula Vista. Just yeah. recently, people are starting to come from out of town, like North Park, downtown, East County, North County, which is cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about that as well. But we were built for Chula Vista. We were built for yeah. the South Bay. And yeah. as soon as COVID hit, I, and I knew my staff was going to need some money. So I said, hey, guys, we're not working anymore. If you guys feel confident, secure, safe enough to work the tasting room, take the shifts. Do every. I mean, tips are amazing. Yeah, people celebrate you yeah. for being. But it out was here. like a sketchy time. You yeah, know? people were scared, bro. And you're at the point of sale where you know you don't know who the fuck. No man, somebody's coming in to order a beer. You don't know if they got COVID or not, yeah. and it's scary. So you can't fault people for like. You know, want to stay home. And, and that's what we ask them. I say, it's up to you guys. Chill out. We're not going to force anyone to work, but if you want to work, we have work for you. Yeah. You know, now Kevin has, he has a seller man with him. You know, we have a full staff on top. We have a seller man that works the door on the weekend. So Kevin's brewing and the beers are, you know what? They're still surprisingly good. It's weird, right? Yeah. Fuck. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Who I don't know, him. man. Like <laughs> something's not right. It's probably John. John Marshall probably thought him. <laughs> Damn. Kevin just gave me it's a Kevin's fucking glare right now. <gasps> Shit. It's crazy running a business. It's crazy mm -hmm. running a brewery. It's crazy working in the service industry. There's just too many <sighs> things you got to worry about, you know? So yeah. somebody like you that has been in this game decades, man, decades, motherfucker. You've been, like you said, you graduated from SDSU. You know, people, people ask me like, why don't you open up your own brewery? Well, why don't I, st you? I still like to make beer. That's mm -hmm. why. I have a partner who owns a brewery who still makes beer. But you're holding it down so he can brew. We're so very, like, uh, I don't have that. We're, we're an equal partnership here. Kevin takes care of everything downstairs and, and, you and take I'll take care, care of, of whatever yeah. else needs, whether it's money or yeah. just fucking doing dumb shit. We'll do the I mean, plus, shit. you know, you've got 
a strong family too. Yes. Like you're bro, none of this gets done unless we have the backing. There you go. Everyone thinks that you can just one day I'm gonna open people come in like, oh you guys are killing it. I wanna open a brewery. I'm gonna fucking open a brewery. People who spent some time in here, they see your dad come around here once My in a while. My dad is our he's our living fucking handyman, bro. Dude, your dad every Monday is a morning. Stud. Your every dad Monday is morning f- I have him power washing the front of the brewery. <laughs> he's adding lights in the back because the homeless dudes are stealing the logs from our fucking garbage. That's right that as hell. He's here. My mom, she helps with all the bookkeeping. She sets up our financial planning meetings. Yeah. We have a, a unique structure where yeah. it works. It's pretty awesome. You know, it works. It's awesome, Once upon dude. a time, you told me, mm. I would never open a brewery unless I had quarter million in uh, in savings. Something like a, like a safety net. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. And we, I, I quickly realized, like, fuck, we are doing So I've been teaching that class that. at UCSD for yeah. a bunch of years. And that's right? what for I want to parlay years, into and that. That's, it's like, that's part of what I teach people is, like, you, it's not just getting open and opening up, you know, the doors to start selling beer, you got to have enough money. You got to have enough money to last two years without making yeah. profit. You got to have a shitload of money in reserves. Don't spend it all just getting open. Nope. Because you don't make money for a while. This is what I tell my kids. <clears throat> we don't run to the finish line. I said, we run through the finish line and we keep going. Okay. We don't, yeah. we don't ease up as soon as we get to our goal. You know, and right. my kids are yeah. little. So I tell these guys the same thing. that like, we don't ease up as soon as we get to the goal. We run through the fucking goal. Cause you don't yeah. know what's on the other side of the goal. For some people opening the brewery was the apex was the goal. I've right. done it. I've opened right. a brewery. And they think they're going to start making money right off the yeah, bat. And the beers are going to like, you know, melt everybody's face. Bro, and we're like three everything's years in, be good. And I feel right now during the pandemic <clears throat> in 2020, I feel comfortable. You know, three, that's awesome. three years in. That's right. Like, and it's rad because Kevin's hustling. I'm hustling. The fucking family's hustling. Yeah. My mom, my, everyone is hustling. Do you guys have the right mentality. You guys know that you have to do whatever it takes. We operate it like with shit. And nobody's tomorrow, like bro. above. No. Nobody here acts like they're above having to do the grunt work. I've had you know, this the conversation with a few people. It's like no one's above the brand. The brand, the business takes care of everybody. You know, I'm not yeah. above the brand. Kevin's not above the brand. If we're not above the brand, I assure you, you're not above the brand, bro. I mean, I'm out here delivering. We're out here cleaning kegs. We're out here canning beers. Everybody does what it takes. And you always post about, you did a post once upon a time on social media where it was like, oh, it's cute. You guys are all posting that. Been there, done that. And I'm like, good. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) Everything, you know, because everything to us was new and exciting, you know, like, I'm washing kegs. I'm delivering beer. I'm serving pints. I'm canning beer, and it's in your. My I know, hands like, are still all cut up and fucked up and broken from, you know. You still, dude, thirty years in, and I'm still doing the same shit, you know. Yeah. And we I were just have, talking about that, yeah. Uh, you know, I I I didn't get as lucky as other dudes. Um, there it is. We and what we weren't. What by, aspect, though, Capitan? Like what? I signed on with a brewery when I was a young man and we didn't get bought by some bigger brewery. There wasn't some big cash infusion. We've been just like, you know, single digit growth year after year and, you know. Steady growth. Actually, there were a few years where it was double digit growth, but we always grew slow. We contained the growth. We made sure that that the beer would never suffer from growing fast. When did you take over the reins at Carl Strauss? As when it Carl relates- died. When Carl passed, that was you. It was all you at that point. Recipe. Um, I was the dude who had been there the longest at that point. The the brewer who had been there the longest. So recipe designing and actually brewing the beer. Did you have a say in the marketing and, 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 and any of so that? So no, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, 
I had a say in the marketing. There's like a there's like a crew of people. We have meetings. So there's usually a few people from the brewing department, a few people from the marketing department, a few people from the sales department. And we decide what beers we're going to do and what beers those are going to be and what they're going to kind of look like. But when it comes to recipe formulation, I take the idea and put it, you know, this abstract idea for a beer and then put it into liquid, make it, make it become reality. And that's where, you know, that's, that's where the brewing experience comes in. And Carl, when he was alive, he was a, he was a fucking smart, friendly, charismatic. He was a knowledgeable fucking brewer. I'm bummed that like, he's still not here as one of my like, teammates his partner as a yeah he was a he was a coach he was a friend he was a mentor he was a good dude man he he taught me a lot of shit and i'm i'm lucky i was lucky um and i take luck over skill any day because like a poor kid from chula vista going to brewing school coming out of that and you know i went out to phoenix for a couple years and brewed out there and then came back to san diego and you know, worked at a brewery downtown that ended up closing when all the ballpark construction happened. And then fucking boom, Chris Kramer was friends with uh, David and Leslie Cohn of the Cohn Restaurant Group. And I was, Hang 10 Brewing Company was part Hang of the- Hang 10, yep. Hang 10 was part of the Cohn Restaurant Group. And when we closed, you know, David Cohn, I was in his office and he goes, hey man, I'd, I'd like to like have you as beverage manager. You know a lot about beer and about- wine and about a lot of stuff. And I'd like to have you as beverage manager, but I know you still like making beer a lot. And so I don't know what I could do for you. And I said, you could pick up the phone right now and call Chris Kramer and let him know Hank 10's closed and I'm looking for a job and hope shit, hopefully he'll hire me. And right there in the office, he picked up the phone. He called Chris Kramer and Chris Kramer said, tell Paul to come to show up on Monday. Boom. It was like that. So I got lucky as hell. No, that you didn't get lucky as hell. See, you're from Chula Vista. That it all Vista. happened like that. You're from Chula Vista. And, 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 and I always say this and people say, oh, fuck, that is not a Chula Vista thing. It is. No one comes from a privileged background in Chula Vista, bro. You know, it's, it's no, a- Pretty it, much not. It's a, it's a- Bonita, maybe. Bonita, maybe. <laughs> fuck you. Um, it's a difficult path out here, bro. It's a di- You know what? You it's good to 80s. not make enemies with people, right? Yeah, so you true. learn to keep like, you know- you're cool with everyone. Even people that you kind of don't like, you're still like, what's up, dude? You got to be amicable. You got to you know? never burn a bridge. Never burn a bridge. Yeah. You got so, that mentality. You, 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 Like you said, you came from nothing. You didn't have anything. You took out a $750 loan to go to, to brewing school when it was a thing. You came back. You applied it. You shot your shot with Chris Kramer. Chris Kramer called you on it. He put you on. Chris Kramer, by the way, is the girl. He's nephew. the... Yeah. He's sort of... Um, He's not grand nephew. He's sort of, um, he's Carl's nephew, but not, but it's kind of grand nephew. Mm. So it's like a grand nephew of Carl Strauss. And yeah. at this point, Chris Kramer, he, he was a graduate from Stanford and yep. he had a partner, came down Fourth here. Fourth generation San Diegan who went to Stanford, who had a business. Actually, his, um, the dude he shared a dorm with at Stanford Business School was Matt Ratner and the two of them are still partners. Carl Strauss now 32 fucking that's years. That's weird, man. bro. That's weird in business, right? So <laughs> it's kind of funny. They started like a bartending business at Stanford and they got to know a lot about wine and beer with this bartending business. And it was kind of a way of them to make money on the side uh-huh, while uh-huh. they're, you know, and they're having fun and they're fucking meeting chicks and, and everything. And they parlayed it into it's fucking all good. Carl Strauss. And then, brewing. yeah. So when they, 
you know, Chris was a year ahead of Matt at Stanford and Chris graduated. And then he just said, you know what? Um, I'm going to wait for Matt to graduate. I got a year to kind of fuck around. So he followed the Grateful Dead a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he, um, he was also like fourth generation San Diegan. So he was also from Point Loma. And back then, right during that same time, uh, the America's Cup, Dennis Connor, Dennis Connor from Point Loma was def- was trying to win the, the America's Cup back to San Diego, and it was down in Australia. So Chris went to Australia uh, with Dennis Connor to see the America's Cup and all that shit, and went into a brew pub in Fremantle called the Sail and Anchor. And he didn't know like they made their own beer there. He walks in and says, "Man, I'll have this brown ale." And he drank it and he said, holy shit, this is really good. Brown ales, bro. Right? Brown, brown ales are the ales, shit. They keep fucking coming up everywhere. Fucking brown ales. Um, by the way, I had an emo brown on Sunday and it was really fucking good. Um, anyway, he said, "Who makes which brewery makes this beer? And the bartender goes, man, it's, it's made right yeah. here behind this glass. See these tanks? Like we make it right here. It here. And boom, that's when he got this epiphany to open up a brewery in San Diego. That's and that was means opportunity, bro. That was '88, and they opened up Carl Strauss in like February of '89. Man, it was. And when first, did you jump on board? I jumped on board ten years later, '99. Nice. Uh, so they had already been. So I had already been with two breweries before I joined mm-hmm. Carl Strauss. The one in Arizona. It was hops, and then the one out here. So yeah, hops 10. was my first gig. Um, nobody in San Diego was hiring when I wanted to brew here. Um, but I submitted my resume at the hops in UTC and they knew the, the GM there knew that they had just opened a brewery out in Phoenix that needed a brewmaster. So he sent my resume out there. And so they called me up and said, Hey, uh, your credentials are good. You've got some experience and you know, you've been with breweries Mm -hmm. and you're looking for a gig. We'd like to fly you out to Arizona for like a, I don't know, a weekend to do. Look at you. You're getting wooed, bro to brew some beer at this new brewery that we have and to kind of see what you can do. And I said, all right, cool. And I cruised out there for the weekend and brewed a couple batches of beer at this brewery. And they said, you're hired. Nice. And I went, oh shit. Um, and my wife was pregnant at the time. So I moved out there and she was, she had to stay here cause we didn't have health insurance yet out there. And um, so I went out there for a few months and brewed beers. We had our first daughter, Maggie, who's now, 25, almost 26 years old. And, um, damn, they're gonna make you a grandpa soon, bro. Dude, they're gonna make you a grandpa. I feel soon. old. I feel old right now. Hey, I can always tell how long I've been brewing because my daughter, you know, was born when I started brewing commercially. Anyway, um, it all worked out. It's kind of crazy. There's yeah. powers in the universe. If you don't be an asshole, that's what I was gonna say. Man, the universe takes care of you. If you just kind of, you. you know, work hard, keep a low profile, keep your chin down. Don't be an asshole. Good things happen. And from that has spurned other opportunities. I mean, you are still involved at UCSD teaching the extension program. I finally hung that up. I retired retired from that. How did that go? How did you come about that? And what exactly did you do for them? So uh, when that program first started, uh, it was really exciting. Everything was like all these like, you know, fancy brewers in San Diego were teaching classes there. Um, Yusuf was teaching there, um, like all these smart brewers in San Diego were teaching there. And like, I was, dude, at Carl Strauss, I'm still pretty hands-on. Like I'm still involved in a lot of stuff Yes, you are. and I'm busy. And, um, 
some of these other dudes stopped being hands-on a while ago. And I love these dudes, no disrespect, no shade on these dudes, but um, I think their breweries have more resources and they're able to kind of like, you know, they've got more free time. But there's- You can say privilege, fool. So I'm not saying privilege. Because some, some of those dudes are like Lee Chase, who's uh -huh. not privileged. He's- Hustlers. He's a fucking hustler. Lee Chase is a smart dude. Um, he works his ass off. Um, but they're, the, the program uh, was impacted. There were All the classes were full, like 30 students, and then there was a waiting list, and all these people were... It was exciting and everything. And um, literally, the owners of Carl Strauss came to me and said, you're going to be teaching a class at UCSD. They didn't give me a choice. They said, you're no. teaching a class. <laughs> and I went, all right, well, then you're going to have to take something else off my plate because that's a lot of work right there, you know? Yeah, it is. And um, so they did. So it all worked out. And I taught there for like five years. That was um, a quick five years, man. It was. That was a quick five years. So it's twice a year, three months at a time. And you know what? I made some, a lot of friends there. And a lot, of, a lot of my students there have gone on to do really good things. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing dudes like uh, like Joaquin Orndane. And you know, Joaquin. Uh, Joaquin. Uh, Fortuna Brewing, Guadalajara. Straight <laughs> out of Guadalajara, bro. And that dude has gone on to do really good things uh, down in Mexico. He's won a lot of awards, man. I know his family. like, the, Dude, the day the class was over, he brought me a big bottle of tequila, the fucking Oro. No, it was the uh, the silver. Well, his family, side note on Joaquin, then he his family owns Orendain fucking tequila and down in, in Guadalajara. Killer dude, man. Yeah, I've he's gone a good drunk dude. with him many a time. Yeah, you yeah, know, we smoked a, good a few dude. times. Yeah, knows how to get down. He does. <laughs> he does. And he's a good fucking human. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. He's From real. Guadalajara, he's authentic. Yeah. If he tells you something's going to go down or something's going to happen, man, if he tells you, let's meet here, he's going to be there. Like, solid dude. The whole world could learn from that old school like mentality, right? If you say you're going to do something, fucking do it. If you, you make a promise to a friend, you do it. Um, and that dude's like that. So uh, Say what you mean, mean what you say. There you go. Um, but there's been a lot of students like that uh, that, are, that are pretty cool, that are, that are in the community. And, um, you know, it's good to see, right? It's good to give back to, you know, to what, to the community that you came up in, to like, yeah. you know, it's good to give back. For sure. And the community supports us, you know, and it's good to give back. You're at that, we're at that age where we realize that, you know, I mean, honestly, you at 30 probably didn't think that you at 25 was probably even a little less inclined to think that, but you now like, you know, 30 plus years in the game, 50 years old, you know, <laughs> okay. You laugh. You don't look 50, man. You take care of yourself. You know, you, 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 you surf, you, you hang out, you have a good time. You have, you have a it's positive, it could be, you have a positive approach to life. You know, I know you've told me in the past, oh, I'm fucking down and I'm this, that, but Look at right. water under the bridge. I'm human. I get angry. Yeah, yeah, I sit in traffic. Yeah. You know, it's uh, but beer, beer puts life in perspective. You just I come here, uh, to your brewery, and I always know people here. I walk in the door, and it's like, hey, Paul, what's up? It feels like you know I feel comfortable in your place, and um, I know there's going to be friends and people to talk. To. And beer bridges. People, yeah. it makes it brings people together that might not come together otherwise. Always. We just had a shot of this this crazy distilled shit that Tommy made us. We have a local, another local guy, Tommy, Tommy Tonk. Um, we give him old beers. 
you know, beers that kind of hung out here in the cellar and we're just trying to get rid of them. He comes and picks them up and he distills them. He distills the fuck out of them. He just turned a pelotero into 115 proof, a little bit of a moonshine. I took a shot of it. <laughs> it's straight up crunk juice, dude. <laughs> dude, we just had a little quick shot of it. Made me all warm inside. But I'm that, halfway through this beer and that shot. And I had a couple beers before coming. Champion, I'm feeling that's, pretty but good that, right now. Honestly, man, people don't believe me. That's what Chula Vista is. Chula Vista yeah. is not... It, there's no white, there's no black, there's no Filipino, there's Mexican. No. It's your South Bay. Yeah. Like you're you're, right. you're in Chula Vista, you're, in Dude, Ch people, you're from Chula Vista. Right. It's a melting pot. It really is. And, and it's a cliche. There's no fucking racism here. Man. It really you, people that get hung up on that shit, they don't last here long. They you know You know what? There's no racism. The we've talked to the police officers here in the community. The police officers in our community live in this community. They're very respectful. I had one, um, David Oyles come on, one of the sergeants here at Chula Vista PD. Yeah. And we we just, you know. You had the mayor on? Yeah. Like we had an, I had an opportunity with Chicle to talk to him directly. Like, how do you feel about what's going on? Like, how do you feel about like being from Chula Vista, working in Chula Vista, representing the badge in Chula Vista when somebody in this country kills, you know, a citizen, you know what? a minority, a black person, somebody who is not posing a, a direct danger to you? Like how... You being in that industry, how does that fucking make? And he told us outright, and he told me that he got some grief from people in the academy. He's like, "Hey," or yeah. people in his in his unit, like, "Why'd you go on there and talk about how?" Dude, that I guy's played a in killer? a band. I played in a band with three Chula Vista cops, and they were like, "You know what, man? That shit shouldn't happen. That shit that happened to George, that was not the correct way to do that shit." And you know, respect, man. No, I try to tell people like, not all cops are like that, man. Not all cops are bad. I know a bunch of cops and they're not all fucked up. They're not racist assholes. And, you know, I'm saying this right now. I'm probably going to catch shit from even saying this. But um, Chula Vista cops, I don't know if it's because they're from Chula Vista. It's fucking real. And it's not, you know, dude, none of them are racist. None of the ones that I know are fucking like that because they know that that's, that's not real life, man. I'm sure there's some seedy shit in every police department, you know? Thank you, Kevin. Kevin just brought us some more beer. Kevin, your day is going to come Kevin. when you sit down in that chair and we're going to shoot the shit and talk about people. Thanks, brother. Well, October right. So speaking of Pelotero, I was here on Sunday and it said Pelotero on that sign and it was gone. not on tap. It's gone. You're drinking what, Pelotero like, in a fucking 115 proof in manner right now. And actually, we I gotta, you guys got to like let people know when that's on tap so we can all get here on time before it runs out. Okay. This was the first time we ever released Pelotero. And we release it in four packs, and it's a ten percent imperial IPA, tasty fucking beer. Um, it's all you name that after me on my bald head, right? <laughs> I didn't say pelontero. I said <laughs> pelotero. Dog. Um, yeah, and 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 with the uh, the artwork that Chicle provided of like that homie fryer with with the bat and shit, and it, we just oh, is this Oktoberfest? Yeah, it's Oktoberfest. this is really good. It's tasty. These Damn, guys dude. are killing it, man. Um, it must have been the yeast. <laughs> where, uh, where did you get that yeast at? <laughs> From some pelontero. Oh. From dear. some pelon. Pelontero. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm glad it worked for you. Um, Yeah, man. You know, there's bad apples in every fucking thing. There's I'm not, good and bad yeah, people in here. every race, in every like culture, in every... There's good and bad people, yeah. period, and you can't fucking judge. I'm not here to defend. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to bring shit to light. You know, and if I see some shit that needs to be brought to yeah. light, then that's why we brought him on. There is some shit, though, that needs to change. Always. Right? And dude, that dude that did George Floyd had fucking like 18 complaints in 19 years. 
What job allows you to do that? So we talked to the Sarge about that, and he's like, "The union is strong, bro. The police union there it is. is very fucking there it strong. Is. It's like a it's like a force field that allows rogue cops to fucking get away with bullshit, and that Dude, that sucks. That needs to change. I got to piss real quick. Can All I right, do that? Can let's we, take a can quick break. Pause well, Paul Segura pisses, and then I'm gonna just like take another shot. And we're back post piss. All right. Here's the thing about being 78. Um, the prostate, bro. <laughs> Mine's like fully enlarged right now. Chibato. Yeah, I got to pee every ah, beer. So we were talking a little bit about um, local law enforcement. You know what? Transparency. That's how we talked about it with 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 uh, Oyo's like, you got to make sure you guys um, build a bridge to the community. Keep us informed. Let us know what's going on. Yeah. How, do, how do we... You get involved with the community. Yeah. And he told me, like, a majority of the people that work at the CVPD, Chula Vista Police Department, they're residents of Chula Vista. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a fucking big that deal. Should be, yeah. That should be a prerequisite to get that in a job, be, bro. right? Yeah. You, you know what be, I mean? Yeah. It's like... Because, one, you're not going to wild out. So, dude, a lot of those guys <laughs> are, like, still my neighbors out in Eastlake. Uh-huh. And um, I still see them around a lot. And Side note, if you like, live in Eastlake, that's where the fancy people live in Eastlake. So east side of Chula Vista. Proceed, Segura. You know, <laughs> it, it kind of pained me to not send my daughters to, like, Castle Park. But um, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> we have in-laws and shit that are school teachers out in Eastlake. So it was... You it know, made it easier. I wanted my daughters to go to, like... Schools out there. El vato. <laughs> As it relates to Bruin Jefe. Yeah. Who are your Mount Rushmore brewers for San Diego? Like, if you had to choose Dude, the four. Dude, that's a solid question. The four brewers. Oh, one, shit. I guess you, the criteria could be like, who do you look up to as a brewer? You know, who has been the most inspirational? Who has provided the most, like, uh, legitimacy to the San Diego beer industry, community, the scene? Like, who would you put up there? I know it's a, it's a, it's a hard question. So there's kinda... four people on Mount Rushmore, that's right? That's one, yeah. All right, so that's, that's tough, man. All right, so here we go. Um, All right, I would probably say Doug Hasker. Ooh, killer guy. King Logger. I would probably say um, Jeff Bagby. Ooh, love his spot. Tommy Arthur. And probably... Yusuf or Colby, probably, I don't know, Colby. I, I love that's both tough, those dudes. I was going to say, that's a tough one. I love both those dudes. Um, that's a tough choice. Um, Colby's my bro. I've hung out a lot more with Colby than with Yusuf, so I'm probably going to go with Colby. Colby, Arthur, Bagby, Hasker. But I left out like a lot. A lot. Of but this is the Mount Rushmore, bro. Skip Virgilio. Hey. Skip Virgilio, to me, I mean, he brought me into his brewery. Um, when I was shit, a home brewer and taught me a lot of stuff, man. Um, Pat McElhenney is another OG. He belongs up there. Pat McElhenney, OG Alpine Brewing, bringing it back into McElhenney Brew with his um, son. Um, shit. Who else am I forgetting? There's, there's a lot, there's a lot, man. Um, and what I love about San Diego is that everybody out there all the ogs every even dudes like who aren't og who came along midway like billy batten dudes like that are still out there teaching other dudes and like giving themselves of 
their, their time and their attention and, you know, sharing successes and failures with other dudes. I feel like in this industry, people are trying to square peg in a round hole drama. Like I almost feel like they want to instill like, Oh no, there there's, there's hate. There's hate in the San Diego beer industry. I really don't yeah, see no. it. I, I don't either. You know, I, I don't see it. I see more than anything. Like you said, like anytime we've reached out to anyone, yourself included Brooks, yeah. who you said is upstairs in the fucking tasting room right now. Yeah. Anytime we reach out to anybody, like Dude, everyone's you go on to Ryan board to Brooks and you ask him for anything and he's going to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's advice or yeast or whatever, man. Or criticism. Like, you know, you go yeah. up to him hey, and say, taste this taste and tell this. me what and you think. You know what? And he will, he'll be the first one to tell you, you know what, as a judge, certified judge, I'm going to let you know that blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. those are the kind of guys yeah. that we want around us. Dude. People that you can learn from. I'm still like, names are still popping up as we're talking. Pete Zinn from Alesmith. There you go. Oh, shit. There you go. Like, he's another OG. He hey, was hey, like an early quaff. This was the Rushmore, bro. You yeah. went, you, those four, tough, the four man. that you gave me, four and a half, five with, with, uh, Yusuf, those are the ones obviously that stand out the most to you. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that being the case, what four breweries do you look to now that like as a they don't have to be the pillar. Like you don't have to like the old school ones, but now like when you think of San Diego beer, what four breweries do you think? Feel free to say Carl Strauss too, because I'll put that shit on there. So Carl Strauss is OG. Um, but I I'm from there, right? Yeah. So I there's no bias, bro. But I, mean, I want to talk about like I don't want to put, you know, us like we were early on the scene. And, um, we've, we've pioneered some stuff, but you guys had a renaissance of sorts, but you're asking me who I looked to sort of outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can do that. So yeah, I find inspiration every time I have somebody else's beer, dude, including this Oktoberfest and that hazy pale ale, I find inspiration in everybody's beers, man. Um, fall. Yes. Society, pure project. Modern Times, Alesmith, Burgeon, Burgeon, Burgeon's making good. Yes, Burning Beer, dude. Burning beer. Some of the stuff coming out of that cool shit, man. That's crazy. It's good stuff. Pinchy Jeff, even South Park. You know Scott Blair. Um, by the way, Scott Blair, while he's only like you know he had Monkey Paw and now South Park. Um, he's Monkey Paw is like iconic, man. Dude, Monkey Paw is iconic, and it's good to see Cosmo brewing now back again at Cosmo's for, back at the original forty. Um, although I'm kind of bummed giggles is now making cider, cider instead <laughs> of beer. Um, but dude, Bagby's still holding it down and Tommy Arthur at like lost Abbey pizza port is still fucking crushing it. Doing pizza port is still fucking amazing, bro. Amazing. You know, they're still doing big things. Every time I have a pizza port beer, I'm stoked. Like I, I, I've had zero shitty experiences. I come down to South Bay. I got you guys down here and this is my backyard and I love coming here and the beers are solid. Um, I even like going, you know, see Nombre next door and he, he's got a good selection of stuff, man. He's got an eclectic man. selection, bro. He's got it. If he's he got a sours, good selection. he's got it for you. You and know, plus Tony, you know, Tony's been around a long ass time. It's good to talk with that dude. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, beer just brings people together. It's, it really does. It doesn't matter where I go. Um, you know, Manhattan. I love hanging out with that fucker. Fucking Maddie Matt, boy. Maddie. Yeah. Good dude. And the beer selection there is good. He take he him and Jenna take their beer selection extremely serious. Bro. And they clean their tap lines yeah. and do and yeah. it's a good you know. And what he's done with that place is amazing. It's um, important for us in the South Bay that we we do that. Yeah. Do, do do the 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 little things. And I and it I shouldn't say little things like like draft techs and cleaning and maintenance, but 
you got to do that shit, man. I mean, I yeah. feel like we're always under the pedest under the under the microscope down here. People are waiting for us to fuck up on something. People are just kind of like, oh, watch, they're gonna fuck this up. Oh, they're they're just the shining shiny penny right yeah. now, flavor of the month. They better pack a lunch. Cause yeah, because we're here for a minute now. <laughs> I mean, we're three years in. Manhattan's five years in. You yeah, know, Chulvis Brewery's three years there. Machete's yep. over four. Yep, Third Avenue. It's like we're. I feel that we, we, we're forced down to rise above, you know, like without yeah. throwing more fucking cliches at you. But right. it is. Yeah. I feel like we, we, we strive to do better because everyone expects us to drop the ball. And we don't. Yeah. And now we keep going. We have fun with it. We have, we have fucking OGs like you to look up to. So, you know, the vibe is good here, too. Aside from the beer, mm. right? You guys do the beer good. Everything's good. But the vibe here is good. And We're family here. Bro. People come here now for beer. Yeah. Once upon a time, we were, oh, they're, they're Chula Vista locals. Let's go support Chula Vista locals. And that's what I was Dude, alluding to earlier. Now we have North Parkers coming, East County people, North County coming down and trying shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. We're doing something As right. an old 50-year-old dude who grew up in this place, I can't tell you, man, how, how fucking good it is. How good it is to see people come here now, you know, for beer. Yeah. Because where did we used to go for beer? Everywhere but Dude, here, I used bro. to go everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. everywhere but here. Yeah. And I feel like the vision on Third Avenue, the vision anywhere in the South Bay was exactly that. Let's build this thing of ours down here for us. And you know what? One thing we haven't talked about before a lot of this was was La Bella. Ooh. Hey, Dr. Q. Dr. Q. The and Rosos. Tony. Yeah. The and the Razos. Yeah. Back in the day. They, you know, before all of this, they were the place in Chula Vista to go because they probably had the best beer selection back then, you know? And this was, dude, this, I'm talking a long time ago. I've had a lot of red trolleys at the at La Bella, bro. I'm not even going to lie to you. You know what? Not I just red trolleys, but speedways and like, you know, even Coronado, like Idiot IPA. The Idiot IPA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Speedway. They Speedway. Used, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on how they serve Speedway, <laughs> but they would bring it out in a motherfucking pitcher, uh, in a pitcher for me. Yeah. Dude. You know, and like, how do you want that? Do you want a, a, dude, a you can get a pitcher of Speedway for 12 bucks. Bro, it's like, what? I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna get straight up cross eyed. I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was on accident, <laughs> but I'd be like, wait a minute. You're gonna give me a fucking pitcher of Speedway? Yes, I'll take a pitcher of Speedway for oh, fucking Atlanta just scored again, dude. Yeah. It's four zip. It's curtains Woo! for the Dodgers, at least in game All two. Right. Oh, fuck yeah. Look All at right, that. Look at that. Oh my God. You know Rames what? Shot in Freud. For me, as anytime the Dodgers are losing. <laughs> Right, that's I'm all you'll you. hear from me. That's all I'm you'll hear you. from me. Is like, <laughs> so was I mistaken? Did I see uh, a three punk hat in Dodger colors? Just Once recently? upon a time, is well, somebody just messing with you? Or no, what? bro. Like I was looking through the hats that we had in inventory, and I was like, what the fuck? Like we had a royal blue, a Dodger hat. Yeah, that said three punk L's on it. I was like, what? You just posted it, and I posted I saw it. That and and yeah, I'm like, what is okay. up with that? And I shit you not, Paul. I posted that shit like at eleven in the morning, and as soon as we opened, it was sold. But throughout the day, I got over 30, 40 messages. Hey, what's up with that hat? Hey, let me take that hat. Hey, I'll get that hat. And now I'm like, I can't bring myself to to, to make more of these yeah, Dodgers. Don't do hats. it. I won't, man. I mean, the I still got a bunch of your Padres. Like, <laughs> I got the brown and yellow three-punk hat at home. You know how we get down in the South Bay. We're very, we're loyal to the soil, man. We, 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 to a fault, you know, good or bad, we're, we're, Padre fans. We were Charger fans. Most you of know, us are Clipper fans. As a dude, 
as a dude now who lives out in Eastlake, it kind of hurt when Adrian went to fucking Dodgers, man. Damn, I got I got some Adrian stories for you. I'll tell you later, bro. All right, you won't feel bad right. when I fucking tell you these stories. All right, uh, don't some, tell me right now because like some weenie. Right. <laughs> Carl Strauss beer, your favorite beer that you've ever produced at Carl Strauss. <sighs> I already know the answer to this because you've told me when you were drunk. I, I, I don't get drunk. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when you get loose-lipped. How about that? <laughs> 21st anniversary beer. That's the one you told me. That's the one. That's the one you fucking told me. So I got a funny story on top of that. All right. So 21st anniversary beer was um, a sort of hybrid of beer and wine that we brewed. We we made kind of a big brown ale base. Brown beer. ale. Brown ale. That's and like the then we added the a bunch of... We got this drum... Of old vines, Infidel. This shit was super concentrated, like seventy Play-Doh, right? So super concentrated, and it was full of flavor. And we brewed about one hundred and twenty barrels, one hundred and eighty barrels, maybe, which is like I don't know. It's kind of small for Carl Strauss. Not not the Carl Strauss is this big behemoth or anything, but it is, man. Uh, but we brewed this beer and added this old vines infidel juice to it. And then we added some French oak chips to it. And it tasted like a, like if you got a brown ale and added some really nice wine to it, right? It tasted like a fancy 50, 50 tasted like that. And I loved it, man. And we put it in 22 ounce bombers and sold the shit out of it. To this day, it was one of my favorite beers. So I'm from Chula Vista and, um, say it loud, say it proud. My family is Spanish, though. Um, Segura, my, my mother was from that Basque region, and it's sort of back and forth between France and Spain for a long time. Um, so I'm not Mexican, um, French and Spanish, mostly. And my, I grew up on wine. My mother gave me wine when I was like 12 years old for dinner, right? And when I was young, she would mix it with water. But when I got to like 12 years old, she just said, screw it. I'll give you like straight up wine. And um, so I grew up on wine. And so that beer for me was like, and my mom could never figure out why the fuck I'm making beer and not wine. <laughs> right. Um, so, I taught you better than this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and bless her soul. She's, she's in heaven. But um, we made that beer and... I fucking loved it because I grew up on wine and I also love beer. Beer to me is is closer to my heart than wine because it's a common man's drink, right? Wine is kind of, it's a little bit snobby. You brew it. Upper echelon. You brew, you, you make wine and then you put it in barrels for two years and then you put it in bottles and then you tell people don't drink this for two yeah. years. Too many rules like with wine. Beer you could drink after two weeks, mm -hmm. not two, not four years. Anyway, um, I liked that beer a lot. And so it's been my favorite and they just recently said, well, what are we going to brew for like our this year's um, Christmas beer? Right. And I, I love your Christmas beers. And so somebody said, why don't we go back to like that idea? It was fun. And I said, OK, well, if we do that again, I want to use a different um, wine instead of Old Vine Zinfandel. Let's go with Cabernet this time. So I'm, I've just gave it away our Christmas beer. It's still in the fermenter right now, but you gave it away in October. I just gave bro. it away in October. Shit. But this year's Christmas beer is going to be a lot like our 21st anniversary beer, just 11 years later, and at a different time of the year. All your Christmas beers, I've had at Labella. Really? Yeah. Oh he, shit. Yeah, he has uh, a special night where he releases a bunch of big beers, and I've had 
all of the ones that I've had for Carl Strauss that are Christmas years, I've had the Mellow Bella. Oh shit. Yeah. So we're in our 11th uh, year of the sort of series that we've done. And um, as a music guy, as a, as a bass player, guitar player, all around. <clears throat> Accordion player, bro. <laughs> I'm taking classes as currently. As a skin flute player. <laughs> <laughs> Meat whistle. Uh, we've actually, this year it's going to be sort of goes up to 11, man. Oh, we're taking the next level. Um, yeah. Ooh. So this year is going to be high octane. It's going to be melt your face. It's going to be a little obnoxious. Um, it's going to be fun. Tell us about the Renaissance, the revival of Carl Strauss. Once upon a time, um, beer geeks, the people who locally love died with Carl Strauss, you know, Tower 10, like I said earlier, Red Trolley. Red Trolley is still one of those red ales that you fucking, when you say red, red ales, it's like, boom, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, but then you switched it up. I feel like it was a, like, like that, the core beers, those beers, that style was what you guys were like in that game, in that market. And then from one summer to the next, everything changed for me, the mosaic. As soon as you brought out the mosaic, man, that changed my fucking life. That that is the beer that I had. I could still have, and I'd be like, oh, "This is this is this is the beer I like." Well, I wish I could totally like um, tell you that it was me or the brewing team, or actually, it was marketing manager. We had a guy who was like, "You know what? Let's stop making these esoteric beers, these little one-offs. Nobody drinks that shit. Nobody like." Yes, we do. Um, and he's, he was kind of looking at, you know, the financials and stuff. And he said, well, you know, the better, the beers that we should be pushing are the lighter beers that have a better cost of goods and all that. And th those are the beers that pay our bills. Nobody, nobody drinks these, <laughs> nobody drinks these like crazy beers that you guys want to make. For better or for worse, those fucking nerds, those Billy Beans, those Moneyball guys, those Brainiacs, those are the guys that bring breweries over the hump and you know get what? them through it, bro. As a brewery owner, you feel me right now. Yeah. I know you do. You can hear what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know where I'm about to go yeah, with this. I know where you're going. Right? So once we got rid of that dude, it was like, all right, the gloves are off. Uh -huh. You know what? We're going to start making beers. We want to fucking make the way we want to make them, the way we're going to brew shit we would want to yeah. drink, you know? Yeah. And that's really when it kind of changed. And... um that's when our street cred came back. We were still making little small batches and stuff, but only for our own restaurants, not for bar, not for packaging, not not to put out there to like other, you know, like the Hamilton. Some of the, the best beers I've ever had and were the, in your uh, at the pub down on Columbia, bro. Some of the better beers I've ever had were well, there. It's funny that you say that because like when Hamilton's opened up, I had like Scott Blair was like, I don't want. Your fucking red trolley. Yeah. I don't want those. I don't want those core beers. I want the shit that you serve at the restaurants. And um, and by the way, I'm gonna place my orders with Paul. Don't send any suit and ties over here. Like I'm just gonna and and I told him straight up, I'll deliver the kegs to you too. But he was working in Sorrento Mesa, so he went there on lunch and he tasted a bunch of the small batch stuff that we were making just for ourselves. And he's like, I want that stuff. That was the good um, shit, bro. And so he was like, I credit Scott for, you know, he's kind of got, uh, I guess, in the industry in San Diego, uh, mixed, uh, there's mixed feelings out there about that dude, but, um, deservedly so I'll say this, I'll say that he knows what he likes. He's, he knows his beer. He knows what he likes. 
he's not polite. He's not like, you know, he's not going to, you're not going to get pleasantries. He, he'll tell you exactly what's on his mind yep. if you ask him. And if you cross him, he's, you know. Um, what's that shirt that fucker wears? Uh, Scott Blair versus the world or something? <laughs> he wears shirts that say that. He says, wears shirts that says Hamilton's versus the world too. Uh-huh. Um, Dude, Hamilton's is awesome. Monkey Paw is awesome. South Park Brewing is awesome, you know? Yeah. So that dude, you know, I'm I'm friends with that dude. We get along well because, and you would get along well. You you get along he was, well. He was my teacher. He was a professor with me at Tendai People State. who love beer, um, who know a lot about beer, can carry on with that dude. You know? Um, he has a rough way of talking sometimes. He'll, Marine, he'll actually go, you he's know what? Hardcore. Yeah, dude, he's Marine. And and he'll he'll go like, what the fuck? He'll put a beer in front of you like a Kolsch, right? And he'll say, taste this and tell me what you think. And if you don't, if you kind of piss on it and go, you know what? This could, and it'll be a fucking top. He'll go, you don't, you don't know what the fuck you're talking he, about. He did that with this with is the one of the spice. best fucking uh-huh. cultures yeah. in the world. Yeah. You can't appreciate it. You with your fucking skinny jeans and your Hitler yeah. haircut. He'll start calling you out on your fashion, on everything else. And what what he means to say is, you know what, man, you need to learn more about cultures. And like his you gotta see through what he's saying to hear what he's you saying. You gotta filter out the noise and get to the root of what he's there it of is. the point he's trying there to get it across. Is. Yeah, because I mean, he got he did that with me one time. Um, a crystal Weizen, bro. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah the Weihstefaner. Yeah, and it one of my favorite beers, and I got yeah. lucky that I actually liked. I knew that beer. I liked that beer. That was my beer. Yeah. So he's like, "Here," because he was my teacher of beer styles at San Diego State. Yeah. And he's like, "Garcia, taste this." And I'm like, what do you think? And I was like, "Bro, well, honestly, this is one of the best beers I've ever had. This is the beer. This is my beer." You know, second to like Pacifico or Carta Blanca, what I grew up on, like this is a beer and a beer style that I could get behind. And if, if I ever right. opened a brewery, this is what I want to create. Right. You know, and he's like, that's fucking perfect. That's beautiful. You get it. You understand it. You know, you know, I so always- had a lot of beers with that dude over the years. And I always tell him, you know what, man, I love your passion and I love your knowledge and you need to let it come out in the right way. Don't like use your platform to teach people why a Kolsch is so good. Why a Kristallweizen is so good. Oof. Why a Zwickel beer is so Zwickel. good. Why a fucking ESB is so good. Like, explain to people, but don't lose your cool and start calling them out on their fucking skinny jeans and their Hitler haircut and their wannabe like lumberjack shit. Fucking that motherfucker's the same explain, way though. <laughs> explain to them why this beer is so good and what may, why it's hard to brew a good one. You know and. <sighs> That's your homie. He's a, he's my homie, That's and I homie. love the dude. I love the fucking dude, and I'll have you know nothing but good shit. But like, um, there's a better way to say the shit you want to say. Like, you know, you got to fucking take it. Are you breath. comfortable with him being a representative of the San Diego beer community? Um, I think he's pulled back from that. I think yeah. he's kind of like been low profile for a while. I think why? Because I think he. Um, I think he's kind of lost patience with what's happening, with what's going on right now. People only want IPAs and fucking hazies. Hazy, hazy, And hazy. like, he's like, there's, and we, I just fucking went to GBF with him and judged. And we spent a car ride. We spent three days in a car together. And um, we talked about this a lot. And it's, it is a bummer, right? For 
to see only IPAs and, and particularly hazies to be like, nobody wants anything but that. And there's so many good beer styles out there that people just ignore. And you know, fuck it's, we need to spend more time collectively, all of us teaching people why fucking Kolsch's and ESBs and Scottish ales and oatmeal stouts. And some of these beers are so fucking good and you know, you don't need all the adjuncts. You don't need everything that's going into these dude, beers. Keep it, keep it OG. You keep know it what? Gangster, keep I'll it. still drink a fucking hazy and everything else. I'll still drink, still drink a fucking pastry stout, whatever. Mm. But like, you know, there's other beer styles that have been around a long time that are really hard to make that people just need to learn more about to, to appreciate them. I feel you. Oof. Right. Damn. We, we tapped into your inner beer. Dude, like um, God, you know, so right like there. we, you know, me, him and Jeff, Jeff. Jeff is an old soul. I Jeff mean, he's Whitaker. old as fuck too, but he, from Burning Beard, but he's, yeah. he's an old soul. So we kind of made a pact together. Like we're going to fucking spend the next year just trying, instead of being angry about where things are at right now, we're just going to try to make some change. We're going to try to teach people. Three white guys making a pact. How so, but each of us, original. people listen to us, dude. People listen to you. <laughs> Me? You know, fuck, and here we are on your podcast. People listen to this. Like we need to all collectively be telling people why a fucking Crystal Weizen is delicious. The best beer for me, the best fucking beer style ever. I can drink that shit morning, noon, and night. It's yeah, you know, I I, I can. And the one thing I did learn from Blair, he would always tell me, is like, do you know the fucking difference between a good beer and a great beer? Is like a great beer leads to another beer. Like when you have that one Crystal Weizen and you have it, like you know what? I'll have another one of that. Most people who drink beers, I'll have this. Now I'll have that. Now I'll have this. When you find that great beer, it's like, I'm going to have this. Isn't it funny how you could learn shit from just about anybody you meet? Yeah. Right? Just you by better talking learn to, shit from anybody so you meet. So like one of the things, Scott, when I first met him, he he was kind of a home brewer, not fully into it. and But he was a, a bar operator and one of the best bars in the country. Hamilton's is like in the top 10. In the country. Like legitimately. The fucking country. Yeah, legitimately. Like, like him and Karen ran that thing awesomely. Exactly. So, but he, but his, he wasn't a brewer, but his, his, when I first met him, he said, the sign of a good beer is whether or not it makes you want to have a second one. Exactly. Yeah. And a third one. One leads to another. Right. Yep. And I, and that, that struck a tone with me. With I went, me too. Wow, dude, yeah. that's truth right there. Yeah. It's fucking truth. Yeah. Cause when we go drinking at bars, cause once upon a time, all of us went to breweries and we would go down the list and be like, oh, you know what? Okay. Now I'll have that. Now I'll have this. When I went to fall and I had their um, 2 a.m. Uh, bike ride, bike ride, I was like, I Dude, have that. You know what? I love that beer. Let me have that shit again. Yeah. And I was like, what? You have that in a va- uh, vanilla variant? Let me have that. You know, it's like, for me, it's like- <laughs> The first time I had plenty for all. Same yeah, deal, same right? Shit. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I want I'll, another I'll one of that. those. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Right? For me, that's how I determine in anything. Dude, like, I come here, good? <laughs> charming stout. I'll Let fucking drink again. that. Underrated beer. Underrated style. I fucking love that beer. Yeah. Underrated beer style. Oatmeal stouts. You know, it's probably one of your slower sellers. But I come here and I love that beer. That and Emo Brown, mm. and now the Hazy Pale Ale. But you guys have done a good job with your lagers in general. The the German Pilsner that's on right now, Dead Ramones. Dead Ramones. Ivan, Ivan curated that one. All right, I started out. I came here on Sunday, which was what we're now Tuesday. A couple of days ago, I started out with that beer, right? Because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna have four beers. The weather's good. <laughs> you budget yourself. The weather's good. Wise. <laughs> you got a big ass patio out front and like, you know, every it's cool. It's a good hang and the weather's good. I'm going to have probably four, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start out with, 
with the dead dead mamones. Dead mamones. <laughs> <laughs> and then I worked my way up, you know? Um, and it was all Bro, the there's a game plan to drink. Dude, all the beers were solid. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I know I was going to come here. Like I, I was going to meet Danielle. We, I'm, I'm still doing the beer for breakfast yeah, show. We're going to talk about that right and now. And Danielle and I came out and like we were going to have, we were going to talk about what's going on and San Diego Beer Week's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And this year it's going to be all virtual. So we we're like, okay, what are we going to do this year? And we're going to do some different shit every day during San Diego Beer Week. And we're going to bring breweries on the show. We're going to do happy hours every day. It's going to be fun. You gonna bring us on this year or what, Cabron? Um, Shit. You know what? We're we only gonna bring like um, nonconformists. Here we go. Here it is. Here like, comes the cocksucker. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're only gonna bring Shit. like true punk breweries oh, on. Oh man, bro! But I have tattoos. Am I not a punk now? Pinchy <laughs> <laughs> Paul. You know what? You, you, you touched on that. Um, I wanted to talk about opportunities that have sprung from you being, you know. A legend in this industry. One of them is... Dude, I'm oh, a legend. Shut the fuck I'm up. Still, let, me, like, let, me, let me stroke you a little bit. Let me give you a little cachet. Nah, dude. Uh, opportunity number one, obviously, was becoming a professor, being a teacher, being an educator in this industry. That's There's no higher... Um, like I, I feel like like honest honor than to be selected to teach about the industry in which you love and you are a part of, a major part of, a pillar of. You know, Number two, an opportunity that came out is you're on the radio for better or for worse, bro. You 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 know what you're doing behind a microphone. You linked up with 91X. You are a part of a program called Beer for Breakfast. Tell us a little bit about that, how you got involved, what Beer for Breakfast is, where we can listen to it. Uh, so, okay. Um, how do I even start? Bro, this? you're looking at this me a like, lot of shit like right now. You're looking at me like, God well, damn. Well, I had a bunch of beers this, too. Plus, this that, motherfucker knows what he's talking that about. That distilled shit that Tommy made. Um, I've already talked about the UCSD thing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of go into, I think, Beer for Breakfast. Um, back in the day, uh, back when Matt Diablo was still on, he was still the morning show guy on 91X. He had a partner called Jason Mahoney. So it was Matt Mahoney morning show. And um, I remember Matt Diablo. I remember that morning show. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. Dude, that was a, that was a while back. Yeah, it was. And um, so they had me on the show one time. Um Prior to having me on, I think they had Tom Nickel. They maybe had, I don't know, a couple of other people on the show. Tom Nichols also one of those OGs. You didn't put him in the fucking Rushmore, bro. Um, you didn't even bring him up until now. I, I swear, Mount Ru- the the Mount Rushmore thing should have like eight dudes from San Diego on but there. It only Tommy Nichols should be one of them because <laughs> um, he's a solid dude. He, he Owner knows, of O'Brien's He as well. fucking knows his beer. Yeah, Nickel Beer Company and O'Brien's. So he was, before O'Brien's, he was part of uh, Pizza Port and uh, Left Coast. Anyway, uh, so they had me on the show one day and I don't know, I guess they liked the way the show went. I, I was talking sort of knowledgeably about beer and they went, wow, man, that was the way you described everything was really cool. Could you be like the dude who, um, like comes on weekly and we'll bring on all these beers from wherever we'll just go get beers from a liquor store like on Sunday night and you come on on Mondays anyway, whatever. Uh, so I kind of became a regular on the show yeah. and then uh clear channel bought the whole thing, the whole morning show thing with the shit and the whole show went gone. And like Matt Diablo, he's like still out there. Uh, Jason Mahoney is working for a, uh, a radio station out in Las Vegas right now. 
And they're doing beer for breakfast again. Uh, Damn. On 94.9, but they're broadcasting it from Vegas. Anyway, 91X is now indie again. And they're locally beautiful? owned and yeah. they're... And um, so for the That's last... That's the Carl Strauss of the radio industry locally, bro. So when they... Real shit. Like, they brought me back. Uh, they, they, I had lunch with Garrett and Tommy back, I don't know, six years Garrett ago. Michaels. And um, they said, hey, man, um, you were part of the OG Beer for Breakfast. Could you come back and do it again? I'm like, yeah, why not? Fuck yeah, it's fun. It was fun. Plus, I'm teaching people about beer and I'm fucking hyping up local independent breweries from San Diego. I work for Carl Strauss, but I'm not about Carl Strauss. I'm about fucking pimping out local independent breweries. And as long as you guys are cool with like me not being all about Carl Strauss, like I want to do this. And even Carl Strauss came to me and said, just don't be like all about Carl. People are going to see through that shit. And it's like, be transparent, be authentic and do what you do. Like explain what, what you're tasting, teach people about beer, and it's going to help everybody. I've never a seen you call anybody tide. out. Um, that's part of the gig, Out-a-you. right? You. <laughs> that's part of the gig. So there, some beers are better than others, um, but it's a subjective thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. So as a musician, go ahead. What? Who's better, fucking Pearl Jam or Nirvana? For me, Chelino Sanchez. But you know, bro. All right, so it's all subjective, yes, right? Sir. What I like, you won't like. You so, know, what I think is awesome, dude, you might think is mediocre. But the musicianship, it is. it's is fucking music. We're yeah. all as breweries, we're all fucking making different music. Correct. That's all it is. That's all it is. Right. You go to some people. Some people are like Beatles versus fucking Stones. Yeah. Pick one. Why? It's like why? <laughs> yeah. There's right. I like them both. Yeah. I like this from them, and I like that from them. So that's how beer is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're gonna say. Three punk is better than fall or falls better than three punk. They're just making different, different music. Beers. Yeah, different, different music. You guys are making different music. Yeah. Um, I'll come here. There's a lot of beers I like here. I'll go there. There's a lot of beers I like there. Right? Um, that's how it is. Well, you got to pin us against fall. What's wrong with you? I just threw that out there. Of I don't know. You did. I, I could have put you against Burning know. Beer. I could have put you against like whatever. I could have put fucking Jeff. my huevos, whatever. Hey, wait, you're not Mexican. You can't say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but now beer for breakfast is a thing, man. It's like, it's back. It's like revitalized. It's like. It's, you know what? I, I hope people are tuning in because we we bring on different breweries every yeah, week. Yeah, you do. Every week. And we try to teach people. We try to make it fun. We try to help the breweries. And especially with this, this COVID thing, man. People are hurting. Breweries, like local breweries, not everybody has been as lucky. Like you guys have had good community support. Everybody who lives in Chula Vista comes here. Even people outside of Chula Vista come here. Not all breweries are that lucky. You know, Latchkey, is, they're making pretty good beer. They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's like right on the side of the freeway. Um, they're like, there are, I can name a bunch of breweries that aren't getting... They're like in strip malls somewhere where yeah. like there's not a, a neighborhood. Once upon a time, commercial industry, industrial locations were the jam. That's where you yeah. would go drink. Right. You know, you would go to Vista. Yeah. You would you would go to East County. You would yeah. go to anywhere in North County in an industrial unit and be like, oh, wow, this is where you drink beer. No. Yeah. It didn't have to be. We, we were shitted on endlessly. Because we didn't want to go to North Park, didn't want to go to North County, didn't want to stay in East County. We wanted to bring it back to Chula Vista on Third Avenue, 
why, bro? Why do you want to take it there? Mexicans don't drink fucking craft beer. Black dudes don't drink craft beer. <laughs> Filipinos don't drink craft beer. You I was like, bro, them all wrong. I was like, bro, you're not from where we're from. Like this, this, this community, this demographic that you're about, like that's what I'm about. You know, like right. I, I grew up in this. This is what we know. Yeah. I assure you, people will drink this because we support one another in the South Bay. And it's not just about that. It's about the vibe, the yeah. punk, punk, dude. Punk transcends like all sorts of people. But here's man. the thing about punk: people get hung up on the fucking punk thing. The fucking punk thing doesn't necessarily mean like Dead Kennedys, The Clash, motherfucking Minor Threat. Those are all things I grew up listening to. But the the right. ethos, the punk mentality, is like going against the grain, doing shit that you want. I it's was an raised attitude. On, yeah, I it's was a, raised on doing whatever the fuck I want, for yeah. better or for worse. You know, and like my parents, fortunately, on a majority. So how come of you're shit, still out now, though? How do you how do you figure? Go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> See, I grew up listening to punk rock music, Norteño, Narco Corridos, yeah. and, and fucking hip hop. Yeah. You know, like those are the shits I grew up. So every now and then we like put out stuff and it's a, it has references to like hip hop or has references to like um, Mexican Norteño, Narco Corrido shit. And like, oh, that's not punk. I was like, yeah, it is. Dude, when We're, I was here on Sunday, that was the music we were listening to. Yeah. You know? Why wouldn't and, it be? Like well, that for us, that's fucking, nobody was complaining. You know, it that's was part of the good. That's was, punk for us. For yeah. us, it's like we're going against the grain. We're doing shit that we want to do. You know, people get like, oh, it's only punk if it's this. No, bro, uh, that's called conformity. At that point, you're just falling into the fucking trap of everyone else. What everyone wants you to think what it is. Now you're doing it. Fuck that. We're going to I want to keep people on their toes Punk is an attitude. Yeah. It's not just a yeah. genre. And it's not like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It's like, nah, you know what? Pass. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it. We enjoy it. I think when way. I, when I first hang out, hung out with you, I don't know, before you guys opened and it took you forever to open. What the fuck? Welcome to Chula Vista, bro. When so you, when, when you we finally first hung out, we were having beers at, uh, ales at, uh, white labs. Remember? Okay. Oh, snap. I remember that. Yeah. Yes, it was sir. a long it was like a time ago, SDPG dude. SDPG, uh, like yes. a brewer's guild meeting. Yes. And I was stoked that you guys were opening in Chula Vista because I'm from Chula Vista. And I was like, all right, man. All right. So you guys are opening up a fucking punk place. And you were telling me, all right, so I've already got like the first names of the three beers or so. And you're like morning after pills and <laughs> like all this other shit. And I'm like, you know what, man? Name your beers after fucking punk shit, man. Uh -huh. There's a lot of good punk songs and punk bands that you could name beers after. Yeah. Morning After Pills, you're going to like rub some people the wrong way with that. I'll but, tell you this. But it was about the attitude. Yeah. It wasn't about the... The mayor endorsed that beer. I Somebody <laughs> took a picture of it and I said, hey, Mary, somebody took a picture of you drinking the Morning After Pills. Do you mind if I post about it? She's like, I'm sure my PR people are going to have a fit, but do it. And I was like, okay, boom. Mother yeah. morning after pills approved yeah. by the Chula Vista mayor. You know, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> we do what we want, but we're not like outlandish about it. We're not outlandish. You're not outlandish. You're like, you know, um, I don't know. I, I grew up on punk. Uh, I'm an old motherfucker. I listened to a lot of Ramones and a lot of Clash. Yes. And a, you know. Pass on the Ramones. Uh, fucking Black Thumbs Flag. And, you. you know, I, I grew up on that shit too. Minor threat. Um, and tell, even, me, tell me you're a minor threat. Fan. Dude, I, I like minor threat. They're not one of my like top faves, oh. but you know, um, I don't know. I was kind of a new wave dude, mm. you know, when um, you had hair, ministry like, and new order. And you probably had flock of seagulls hair, dude. I had every album that fucking the Smiths put out. I was kind of more that than I was kind of more new wave. At, than your, I at was. heart, at your core, you were emo Brown, the saddest Mexican. Via Spain. Yeah. I've grown up in Chula Vista. My, you know, 
I feel like I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I won't claim to, you can't claim to be Mexican, right? But you're South when Bay. When you're not, you but can I'm claim South to be Bay. South Bay. I can claim to be yeah. South Bay. And I grew and up South in this Bay hood. Is that. And you know what? All my friends do to this day, people I've known since first grade and shit, I'm still friends with. And nobody fucking judges anybody, man. Zero. We're just, we're fucking friends. We grew up together. We're like brothers. We shit on everything. The South Bay, we shit on everything. And there it is. In a, in a friendly way. Like it's just friendly. And we shit banter. on each other. Yeah. If like it's, if somebody does something stupid, we're going to call each other out for it. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's nothing but fucking love though, man. And it's, and you're like a generation behind me. You're probably fucking 15, 41, 20. You're okay. So you're 10 years younger than me. Don't be fooled but by like, the boyish looks. But like friend. I still think you're a generation. Um, you still got a full head of hair and it's black. Beyond, dude, check out this mop right now, bro. Look oh, at this dude. Thing. You know what? At, you're letting your hair. You're like a hippie now. Dude, I'm letting the thing grow out, bro. COVID, COVID fucked me. COVID, COVID has me thinking like more, more happy thoughts. I'm like, dude, Peter I gotta Pan. piss again, dude. What? That I process, gotta piss again. You better go check that Look, shit out. I got out. three empty glasses. Go <laughs> <laughs> no piss, bro. Go do your right. thing. <laughs> Second break for Paul's pissing habits. You know what? You got to jam with Lee Chase, man, because he plays accordion. He probably plays a different style of accordion there, Mr. Segura. And what style are you playing? Uh, the gangster shit, bro. I play gangster I, accordion. Yeah, I play gangster accordion. Imagine, imagine like Weird Al Yankovic, but it's kind of like jazz flute. Yeah, jazz, Salinje, jazz, jazz flute. Jazz flute. Well, post second piss break, bro. You are old. You know, you look young, but your prostate <sighs> you know says what? otherwise. <laughs> I've had a lot of beers today, man. Have you? Yeah. How are you right now with the state of San Diego beer? Like, where are you? You're 30 years in, bro. You're an elder. You look over. You're an overseer of things. Are you content? Are you happy with the direction it's going? What needs to be changed? All right. So, you know, um, I'm not angry like, you know, friends of mine about, about the fact that just like variants of IPA are, are what's selling right now. It, it's kind of funny because you see there's this fucking meme going around Facebook. I've seen people like brew beer customers post it. And I've seen brewery people post it. It's like, Hey man, IPAs aren't the only beer out there. Right. So I feel like on one hand, people who work in breweries, brewers and brewery owners want to sell something other than IPAs and customers also want something other than IPAs, but you put on beers that are other than IPAs and they're not going to sell. Fucking Saison stays on. Yeah. You know, uh, Pilsner is doing okay, but nothing like it's an a IPA. Seasonal beer, yeah. Right? Um, October, it's right now we're in Oktoberfest season, and you guys have an amazing one. I just fucking drank one. I can drink this shit all day. It's good. It's a right? tasty fucking beer. How's that selling? People like it because it's seasonal. I can't sell that shit in May. No. You know, well, people are going to say, no, like, no, thank you. Uh-uh. But so, right now it's like, it's, it's, it's an eye grabber. So here we are, October 13th. Right. People are like, okay, it's Oktoberfest. I'm going to get one. I need that fest beer. The minute October is over, Bing. good luck selling that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, same with us. Um, so you look around and we're, we want to make all these other styles of beers, but, you know, and I'm, and I'm still doing collaborations and shit. With like, you know, we just did one with Society. We got one going right now with Modern Times. We got one lined up with Beechwood. Um, we've done some fun collaborations, 
But when I get together with these other brewers now and we talk about what beers we want to make, we're like, well, we probably ought to stick with something that's IPA, that's in the IPA family or a variant. So it'll sell because nothing else is going to fucking sell. And it's a bummer, right? Because we love all these different beer styles. So that's my only, I think hazies are bringing new beer drinkers to beer, to beer, to be beer drinkers. It's It's, bringing the new generation. It's opening doors. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm not, you know, down, I'm not going to put any shade on fucking hazies or anything. Well, you shouldn't, you make one. I, we make one. Boat Shoes is doing. Shoes is it's like our best selling beer right That's now. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's a great fucking beer. And um, actually, I just did. We just had New Belgium on the Beer for Breakfast show, and they've got this like Voodoo Ranger that's hazy, and it's their best selling beer right now, right? I don't know where, where yours we is. We just at. released Two Hectic and Hops on a Plate, both hazy beers out. And they're blowing up, right? Selling everything else. There man. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I like to drink them. Dude, I love the flavor of hops. Yeah. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. It's a, a fucking, juicy style. Are you communist if you don't fucking... Right. It, it's, they're full, so full of you know fruit flavors, and mm-hmm. they're, they're really fun. Um, so I love drinking them. Um, but like, I'll fucking... I love a good oatmeal stout or a Pilsner or like I like... I'm a beer judge. I'll drink. I, I love so many different styles of beers. It's a bummer that they don't sell. You yeah. know, it's it really is. And so that's my only thing against where the market is right now. If we took a snapshot at this point in time, is that I would like to see people also appreciate all these other beer styles out there. And maybe collectively, we need to do a better job teaching people about those styles. That's it. Look at you. That's a, it, dude. An educator at heart. I just, I'm a fucking beer lover at heart. And I just want people to learn more and understand more and appreciate some of these styles, man. Like, I don't know. I'm going to throw one out there. Um, a Zwickel beer. Love it. Right? Love it. It's just a fucking hate, an unfiltered Pilsner. Yeah, the original hazy, bro. And they're so fucking good. I could drink them all day, yeah. every day. Um, why is that? Keller beers. Why, why aren't they more popular? Why are the, why are some of these great beer styles just not as appreciated? Sign of the times, my it man. is, it is what it is. Yeah. And you know, I've seen fate. I've seen different trends, trends come and go in the industry. Back when I, back in the mid nineties, it was nothing but fruit beers, nothing but fruit beers, right? Raspberry, lemon, fucking peach. Everything was a fruit wheat beer. You couldn't, sell anything other than that shit you know and then we've gone through all these different phases and stuff and the sours the pastry stouts the fruited ipas the fruited ones barrel aged beers the barrel aged beers for a flash in the pan it was brute ipas IPAs. it was like all these different trends come and go right now that the thing is hazies and you know what it is what it is but hazies have been sticking around for a while now now it's like we're your three of hazies it's like uh uh-oh uh-oh. Yeah, this shit's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's the high, well, you as a judge, especially coming off of GABF, you know firsthand exactly how many fucking entrants there were probably in the hazy category. Hundreds, you know, and how many subcategories Hundreds. there are probably in the hazy category. It's like ridiculous, man. I judged, I judged three rounds in the morning, three rounds in the afternoon every day for like five days at GABF, and every like at the end of each round, there would be a round of hazies, man. 
So, Being a judge, is, is that a paid gig? No. Like, no, you just go no. out. It's part of the uh, keeping up the, the the judge credentials. You volunteer for this. You go out and you drink. It's it's doing a service. So the, Oh, shit. That's a good way so to put the, it. <laughs> the Brewers Association reimburses us for like gas expense nice. to, to drive out to Colorado and drive back. Um, they didn't reimburse us this year for like the hotel stay. Um, or the food passion. So that's all on the company. Um, well, I'm not going to, you know, Carl Strauss told me ahead of time, we'll take care of that stuff. Um, if the BA takes care of like all the gas expenses. So there was like, I don't know, nearly $200 in gas to go out there and come back. It's all a negotiation, but Carl Strauss like took one for the team, man. And all the brewer, all the judges, some of them work like for themselves. And some of them work for companies that weren't going to reimburse them. And they risked their fucking, you know, co their health for, you know, COVID going out there to judge and being gone from their breweries from a week. So it's like, you know, when you see people that are like, hey, man, I went out and judged this week. You got to go, hey, thanks for, thanks for your service. Because, like, it's, you're not getting fully reimbursed financially for doing that. Plus, you're taking a week of your life away from your family, away from your business to go judge it's kind of taken one for the team. It's kind and of, hey, there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, the BA did it the right way. They, they had 40 judges at a time and it was in a big ass warehouse and all the tables were well separated. Even the tables where the judging was happening, all the judges were six feet apart and um, they did it safely and it was good. So this Friday, we got the, uh, the, the results of the competition coming the GABF out. GABF come out on Friday, huh? Yep. Oh, snap. So at four o'clock is. I don't when think it we submitted anything. What? Yeah, we were like, eh. The fuck? Yeah. Nonconformist, bro. Against the grain. What the fuck, man? We don't, really? we don't live by medals. We don't die by medals. All right. You know what I'm saying? We're here for Chula Vista. Fubu shit. For us, by us. <laughs> Segura. <laughs> Finally got a chance to sit down and shoot the shit. Got it's, you drunk. Got thanks you for pee. having me on, got bro. Got you to pee twice. I got, yeah. You know, you told we'll us about enough all beer things in me. Carl I pissed Strauss. twice. Carl Strauss, man, real talk, great company to work for. They've had you, they, they've retained your services for a long time. Yeah. Yep. Look at a you. A long time. <laughs> you got some. Over two decades. What's your plan? Do you plan on ever planning you know to see it open a brewery? I don't know if I'll ever retire, man. I, I, um, I'm still going to work every day. I'm in the brewery at 6 a.m. Yeah. Every day. And, um, I'm hands on, man. And uh, what is the schedule for a Paul Segura, a master brewer, somebody who's been in this game for 30, 30 years and shit? You're in the brewery by six. Well, right now, like we're kind of shorthanded because there's a dude on paternity leave and we still have some dudes out with who are who have young kids who and the schools are still closed. Yeah. So they've got to stay home and take care of their kids. Um, so I've been going in at six and fortunately, I still have my health. So I'm still able to like pull shifts, man. So I'm still able to like you know, harvest and pitch yeast. I'm still able to dry hop. I'm still able to do, you know, a lot of shit around the brewery. And so I usually spend at least, you know, four to six hours on the floor in the morning. And then I kind of go up into my office and answer emails and make schedules and do a bunch of other shit. So it's, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm thankful 
that I'm still able to contribute to the team that we have. We've got a, a good team of brewers that are very passionate and very knowledgeable. They love making beer and they know a lot about making beer and man, they're fired up. They love make, it's a cool vibe. It's a cool team that, that I'm on. And, um, I'm, I'm stoked to be part of a team that is still making good beer. That there it is, dude. Well, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you for sharing uh, some experiences. You talk a lot, bro. I know. You talk it's a all lot. the alcohol you're feeding. Me. <laughs> and this, what's this moonshine stuff, man? Man, it's I don't know, but it, it made me feel. Is that all how you warm. get all your guests to like loosen up? I get and, them to open up and tell me stories like that. You know. <laughs> thank you, Segura. You yeah, are man. you are legitimately a legend here in Chula Vista, the South Bay. How come you're like shan. the saddest Mexican, dude? Like I'm not, what's, bro. What's I just deal? I just like to tap into people. I like to talk to people. I talk to people. This is therapy. Like you're not sad at all, no, and never. you're not even angry. Not you're never. like you know, I'm chill. bro. I'm wearing a fucking chill. Vespa button up. Floral shirt, bro. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy. You know, life is good. We life is what you make it, man. Right on. You know, and you're a good it dude, is. and I'm happy you're here. Thanks for enjoy having your me. Your beautiful family. Enjoy your house, house, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Pop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. Todo el pelo. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Besitos.